The following podcast features two friends discussing their shared love of everything Manchester United. With that in mind, we must warn you that there may be a sprinkling of adult language throughout. If that isn't your cup of tea, then possibly this podcast may not be for you. Well, either that or you might be a Liverpool fan. Let's get this podcast started. Welcome to yet another edition of Fans United Podcast with your baby-faced host, Christopher Henning, and a man who needs no introduction. I believe you took the family to the North Coast. How was it? It was lovely. We seem to have got the best week of weather so far this year. It was lovely. Nice to switch off, relax for a week, do some things we don't normally do do boat trip which i was a little bit apprehensive about me and boats have a bit of a a checkered past same i don't mind them but they don't like me and usually the contents of my stomach end up yeah i get boats but but that didn't happen oh oh, nice that's a win did you have a lovely cooling breeze throughout your stay Sometimes, but it was tough to sleep <laughs> at night time. But I'm not going to be one of these people that complain about the weather when it's rain, when it's sun. You take the, the good and the bad. So I'm ever grateful for the great weather we've had, been having so far. Yeah, I'm going to complain about the weather because I'm half British, half Irish. What about you the past week? Have you been up to anything exciting? Uh, melting, I believe. And complaining. Melting, complaining, it honestly felt like the Ark of the Covenant had been opened, sunscreen and my flesh melting away from my bones as I tried to keep and entertain a confused two-year-old who didn't quite understand why we were keeping her indoors when the temperature was soaring to above 30 degrees. Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah. Not a chance. It definitely, it's, it's definitely tough on, on the kids. Obviously, my girls are a bit a bit older, but, you know, they were sleeping above the bed and it's taking a little bit longer to, to get to sleep. But we had plenty of sunscreen. I think we went through factor 50, a couple of bottles of that uh, very quickly within the week. But I, I do like the sun and I have to say it was a, a, bit, a bit cooler at the coast as opposed to we, we left Banbridge and it was I think 29 degrees so it was a good 3-4 degrees cooler up up the coast so a, a, a sea breeze definitely helped you bastard you could have at least lied to me a little <laughs> yes. um, not a real lot happening here possibly due to the heat wave really the Olympics has started yes and which I've got to be honest with you a bit like the Euros Came out of left field and wasn't really that fussed. But I've stuck on a couple of events and it's something me and the girls have actually got into. The past couple of mornings, we would go in the living room and sort of stick on the iPlayer and put on sort of repeat on what happened the previous day. They were very, very intrigued with the women's road race where the Austrian woman who she yes. won, I who isn't we, a cyclist. I think we were all intrigued by by that one. Yes, um, and Zana was wondering why the woman was lying in the ground 
screaming <laughs> after she had won. But I thought, brilliant. It's, it's something we can sort of bond over. So we, we went from it. We then went to the skateboarding, the street event. They were very, very excited about that, as, as was I, because... It's the level of skill involved there of, is is unreal. So th- they watched it, and they also were quite intrigued by the diving, the synchronized diving. Just oh yes, the, yes. The timing of it and thinking, why? What if they didn't jump into the pool? So I suppose if I can expose them to as much sport as possible, I found the older I've gotten, the more sports in the Olympics I will watch. Yeah. You know, when I was younger, it was purely athletics. Yeah. It was just the track and field. That was really it. They were the, 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 the glory ones. It was. But yeah. now now it's very much everything and anything. I woke up whatever morning it was, might have been Monday morning, I think, to see the Tom Daly and Matty Lee synchro diving from a ten, from the 10-meter board. Yeah. And from their first dive, I was absolutely hooked and on the edge of my seat watching that and the fact that they won it was just a brilliant moment I it, it really was it's I, it's such an odd sport. if you were trying to explain to someone what that sport is it's jumping into a pool diving but then when you say it's synchronised okay it's two people jumping into the pool. But again, it, I suppose it doesn't really matter what the sport is. At that high level, elite sport, the skill involved is mind-blowing. It, it really is. I mean, you're watching <laughs> I mean, you're watching the um you're watching them, but the Chinese, yes. the Chinese team is just sensational. Yeah. I'm watching them going, I I do not understand how the level of discipline and training you must be at to especially if off. you're in the Chinese team yes <laughs> let's be much, honest very much so very um, much so because failure uh, may not be um, it may it may not be tolerated uh, yes as much as um, certain other countries yes yes allegedly allegedly but um, but 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 on that the, the the diving and I think what also happened with the the Chinese and the British teams, which is another level of of elite level sport. The pressure because they were trading dive for dive, so there was no let up. So that just adds to that you have to perform at the highest level with the highest pressure because it's easier if the rest of the the teams were, were making mistakes and it was clear that you were going to win as opposed to we need to make this dive the best dive because the team after us are going to do the same. Absolutely. I was watching the mountain bike event. Tom Piddock yeah. winning the gold. Absolutely spellbound <laughs> watching it. I'm, I'm looking at them going, what? What? How? Yes. Why would you do that? Why would you go down that? Why would you? And uh, I, I understand why. It's the why at that speed? <laughs> yes, exactly. And, how did you learn you could do that? I, I just it, were, you, were you going for a cycle? Did your brakes fail? And you think, well, hold on, I, I can do this faster. I really have enjoyed this Olympics. I yeah. know, I know. Um, obviously, the pandemic and everything else that's gone on before the event was due to take place mm-hmm. ha- has taken the shine off it for a lot of people. But since it has started, it has been superb. And I was looking forward to last week, the gymnastics because of Simone Biles. Yes. I, abs- I absolutely adore Simone Biles for who she is because she is such a role model and has been. Watching her in the first day, it was like, okay, something's not quite happening, which was a surprise because, of course, any time you've seen Simone Biles compete, she's yeah. pretty much perfect. Tuned in yesterday to find out that she had withdrawn. Her statement later on that day and, and today 
being brave enough to say why, I'm, I'm absolutely hat off, applause, yeah. fantastic. But more people should be doing that. I think we're now moving into a time period where it is being more normalized. Mm. Yes, but like everything at the start, you know, there's people who are going to question the decision. I've seen some reactions to this. Oh, if there's a little bit of adversity and then you give in, but she knows herself better than anybody else. You mean Piers Morgan? Well, I've actually not seen what he has said, but... Neither have I, but I can only imagine. I'm assuming maybe he has said something. This was an American correspondent, I think, at sort of so on social media. That's by the by. The one thing I do want to say, because I was watching the the team gymnastics as well. I don't know whether you know the answer to this, and we might have to throw this out to our, our listeners. Can you answer me why the American team, some are in blue and some are in red? No. They did say that it was the American team and something to do with the affiliation. So in the, the gymnastics, you saw athletes wearing the red outfits and the Navy. So I would assume they'd all be wearing the same like every other. So there is a reason. So obviously you don't know the no, answer. No, I, I, I hadn't even noticed. If anyone can answer that, that would be that would be great. It would put my mind at ease because these are the things that I wake up at one o'clock in the morning thinking why are they wearing different leotards I don't know if leotards is the correct word I apologise if it's not the correct word (laughs) (laughs) uniforms 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 Uniforms. Uniforms. yes there's not an awful lot happening Northern Ireland wise that I'm really aware of Um, no uh, mostly because of my ambivalence towards the Northern Ireland news of late as it's all it is it's just as it's all basically what was it I I read today in the uh, in the in the chronicle I think it was um, one of our local politicians from the DUP stating that any Brexit Northern Ireland protocol renegotiated claptrap must have unionist support to go forward. Now, this is the same DUP that gave unanimous full support to the current protocol that none of them have bothered to read or know anything about. It's just, no, it's just pointless. There's no point in, in, in sort of trying to understand it. Politics in general, and especially over here, it's a gravy train. It's a money pit. It's, it's a... Jobs for the boys, who you know. Well, speaking of jobs for the boys, former DUP leader Arlene Foster has joined the GB News team. I saw. Did you see that? I did see that, yes. Now, if if you are living outside of this particular grouping of islands and don't know what either GB News or Arlene Foster is, one is a cheap knockoff that no one takes seriously, and the other was a bit of a cheap knockoff of a politician who didn't take responsibility for something that she was in charge of. And if you Google Google her now, you will say to yourself, why is her hair on sideways? Yeah, it does look like the Lego character you've put on. You've just not put it on quite the, the right way around. Uh, in fairness to her, the RHI scandal aside, she did go up in my estimations after she retired with her singing, you know, that that's life when she was asked about what's she going to do. Um, and then she made a joke about her being stabbed in the back by the, by her party, which was, which was really funny. And then the whole new party leader, <laughs> whenever she tweeted accidentally at the same time that this was Oddly going enough. on yeah, that she hoped everyone would have a, was having a lovely day so fair play to her if she wants to make her money elsewhere fill your boots whilst I was trying to find some news Northern Ireland wise I happened to see a headline now this was about the fourth or fifth headline on this particular news site one I'm trying to figure out why is this a headline and 
Should I really be using this site for news based on this headline? There's some slab of beef called Matt, who's on Love Island, kissing four girls and some sort of face-off. Is that our Matt? Well, first of all, that's what I would like to know. Is that slab of beef our Matty? <gasps> he, he kept that quiet if it is. And second, what exactly is a Love Island? Because I don't watch this kind of television. What is it? I know your Jillian watches it. I think she does, yes. I have never seen this show either. I'm assuming it's some form of reality show where people... Well, by people, we're talking about former Gap models because it, that, that's what it seems Well, from. it seems to be young, attractive people put on an island. I, I think the idea is for them to get together. Get together as in... Get it on or get together as in, would you like a game of Parcheesi? Um, I think it's more towards the first option, but not all the way to the first option if you catch my drift. So it's sort of a reality version of Confessions of a Window Cleaner and those Swedish documentaries. Yes. But softcore. Channel 4 after Eurotrash. Oh, well... <laughs> I'm still not watching it. No, I've never seen an episode I, in my life, so I'm only I'm only assuming. Again, if any of our listeners know, let us know, but also then stop listening to our show because we don't want you no, to. No, 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 no. We can't say that because we are trying to build the female membership of this particular podcast. So if you do watch this and you want to convince either one of us of the merits of this show, we are all ears, or at least half of us are all ears, and Henning is not. <laughs> that is the correct half. We had some feedback on the previous episodes for the disappointing transfers I don't know if you saw uh, Richard McKnight he mentioned Angel Di Maria whilst also calling him something that rhymes with creasy hat <laughs> a little bit unfair on Di Maria I will admit that I will admit to that the time I would have been of the same mindset but then when you realise that not even a full week had passed when his house was burgled and he and his wife were held at knife point that kind of would yeah you know, throw you off completely. Why am I here? I don't want to be here. And his wife certainly went, bye, I'm going away. <laughs> I'm not staying here. That That is a fair comment, but I think it's after, you know, that just never came out in the reasons why he wanted to leave. Hmm. It didn't help that he didn't want to come here in the first place. No, it, it, well, that's, that's it. But we were foolish to get involved in that. I mean, yeah. everyone knew he wanted to go to Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah. Paris Saint-Germain wanted him, but Paris Saint-Germain couldn't buy him. Which is odd. I can't remember the reason why. If anyone can remember why, please chip in yeah. and remind us. And I have to say, in his first few games, I remember watching the game against Leicester. It was very at the start of the season where we did we did lose that game, but he scored this incredible sort of almost like Poborski-esque goal. And I thought, brilliant, this is going to be the, a great start. Then obviously the incident happened with the, the being held at knife point. It just never happened afterwards. No, it, it just never worked. One of those transfers, which I believe I, I, I know I've said to you before, we're buying the right players, but at the wrong time with the wrong management yeah. set. Up. Yeah, it, it was it was a scattergun approach. Big name. Let's get them. Yeah, pretty much. Stephen McIntosh, a friend of mine, he shouted in capital letters, Forlan! Well, we do have a friend who quite likes that player, don't we? Mark. Yes. 
Yes, Mark does have a, a, a peculiar affinity for the golden-haired Uruguayan. And we have talked about him previously on this podcast, and I did mention that I think his greatest gift he ever gave Manchester United was struggling to put his shirt back on after he scored a goal. Which is epic. And, and, celebrate, and then made a, a brilliant tackle to put the ball out of play. It did. But then, of course, that was the catalyst for changing the rules. And now no player is allowed to take their shirt off to reveal their ripped but sweet and glistening abs <laughs> but okay but I think on that what sweet and glistening abs I'm well, all no, on for um, oh. his sweet glistening abs because he scored a couple of crucial goals against Liverpool he's going to be etched into the, the memory but again that's another transfer that just didn't live up to the, well, the you say okay you say that I'm about to name a player who scored against Liverpool and yet is not as fondly remembered as Forlan Dimitar Berbatov I would say, well, for me, he's definitely... But the amount of fans that I know and talk to, Berbatov never gets a mention. I suppose it's a it's a difficult club to break into, you know, because we've had so many great players. You have to have a cutoff point at some point. Mm. Like, wh- wh- how far do you go down the list of great strikers in our lifetime? After Stephen had, you know, tech-shouted Forlan, he asked me to wait... And then said Veron. I love Veron as a player, but the problem with Veron was he was never going to be the man that we knew and loved in a faster-paced Premier League. Yes, he was a Rolls-Royce in Italy, and that's what you thought that you were getting. Though I'm keen to, to know what you're about to say here, because I know Stephen, and I know the team Stephen supports, and I know that he has mentioned this player. Who did Veron go to? After? No, you'll think that's Stephen McCauley. Okay, that's Stephen McCauley. No, no. no. I, I thought, I thought, I thought a Chelsea fan was. No, no, no. Stephen was claiming this player and then saying we no, buy it, bought him no, off. No, 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 no. <laughs> Stephen, Stephen's a Manchester United fan. He's, uh, he's, he was. I think you could possibly say he was a lapsed football fan, but has now started coming back into it. No, that's it's. It sucks you back in. Yes. <laughs> I feel that in years to come, if we are still going, we will be talking about. Paul Pogba in the same way we talk about Veron. I hope you're wrong, but I know where you're coming from. Now on that, I have a sneaking suspicion that Pogba is going to sign another contract. And And I think it's the intent of the recent signings and this season that will make him sort of want to do that. Now, I'll be you honest. know my feelings on Pogba? Yes. We know everyone's feelings on Pogba. We don't know Pogba's feelings on Pogba. Look, it's complicated. It's not complicated. <laughs> it's not complicated. The problem is we are in a lose-lose situation with a shitbag of an agent. Yeah. Allegedly a shitbag. Should probably point that out because I don't want to be sued by a much richer fucker than me. (laughs) And we either lose Pogba this season to a cut price to Paris Saint-Germain. And I I have read today that apparently Paris Saint-Germain are serious about bringing Pogba to their club. And if that's the case, fine. If it ends up being like Varane, where we're losing money, selling him for 35 to 45 yeah. million pounds, then fair enough. Because I would rather that than have him for another year where he only plays well in fits and starts, or we lose him for nothing. Or a worse scenario for me is that we repeat what we did with De Gea, offer him stupid contract and they sign it and we don't get any decent return, which in my opinion, we haven't had a decent return on Pogba since we bought him. I will totally agree with that. Since we of bought Pogba it's not been great I'm going to play devil's advocate here because you are know, you Al Pacino or Keanu Reeves in this scenario I will be Pacino oh you're standing behind me hmm 
<laughs> I understand so far that Pogba has not lived up to the billing. Roy Keane puts it best. Potential, he's got this potential, but he's- he hasn't been consistent. He should be the best player on the pitch every single game, dragging us through games, but he isn't. The devil's advocate argument would then be is if he is not surrounded by the talent that he had in France, do you buy into that argument? It's bullshit. First of all, if we're going to talk about potential, he's 28. He's meant to be in his prime. Yeah. All that potential that he's supposedly meant to be showing, it should already be realised. Yeah. No, totally agree. This argument that, oh, well, he needs to have better players around him. What? Yeah. That's nonsense. I'm sorry, that, that's utter nonsense. That's like saying Danny Drinkwater needed better players around him. He did, but it doesn't make Danny Drinkwater a world-class player. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a decent player. Yeah. He played very well for Leicester in that championship-winning season. But we know what Danny Drinkwater's skill set is, and we know he had Kante. Pogba, like Veron, came from the Italian leagues, which we know is a slower pace. He plays well for France, as we all know and we have seen countless times before. International football is a slower pace than the English Premier League. Yeah. So maybe it's just the fact that he prefers to have more time on the ball, which is fine, but you've been playing in the Premier League now for five years. You should yeah. have figured out, you know, how to create more space for yourself. Yeah. That's where I would... Paul Pogba's just ringing. He's heard what you said. He's not happy. Or it's either... It might be Raiola. It could be. And if that's the case, Graham Woodcock is no longer available on this show. And uh, my name is Google's Carbonara. (laughs) That was brilliant. One last thing on the Pogba issue, and we'll move on, is I think the main reason why I'm frustrated by it is, unlike the Veron instance, we have seen what he can do when he wants to. He never loses the ball. He shrugs him. Sorry, I'll take that back. He does lose the ball when he passes, but when he has the ball, his strength, he will get past players for his size, his pace. You know what he can do, but it's just that he couldn't be bothered. So it always, we, we, we go through the same conversation every season, you know, it's the Pogba cycle. It's like, get rid of him, get rid of him. Players where, and then you sort of think, oh, well, maybe he's changed. But no, he's changed. no, I, I, I have no confidence in, in him ever changing. Uh, let him go to Paris and within about six months, he can then start complaining about how he really should be at Real Madrid. Really don't care. Um, we can lose him this season. I'm happy. Yeah. But, so. but again, I think we're in a great position that if we do lose him, it's not going to kill us. So no. we're in it from where we were three, four years ago. But statistically, it's proven that we actually score more, create more and concede less when Pogba's not in the team. Yeah. So as I say, I'm, I'm not bothered. Moving on to the goals scene at Old Trafford, aka the worst episode we've ever done. Um <gasps> Very harsh. In, term, in terms of idea, I don't care how sexy Matty is, you know. It's, or, or if he's on Love Island. Or if he's on Love Island, you know, showing showing the girls his TikTok. <laughs> uh, Stephen McIntosh again mentioned uh, Ronaldo scoring against us for Real Madrid when they beat us in the Champions League semi-final. Well, that's not very nice. Well, the only problem was that I wasn't sure which Ronaldo he was talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, and we haven't actually played Real Madrid in the semi-final since 1967-68. And I know what Stephen's age is, and he's not that old. So I had to send him a text simply saying, sorry, mate, which Ronaldo? And he then replied, quote, I know. I was lucky enough to be at the second leg at Old Trafford. Saw him score a hat-trick, so it's original Ronaldo. Oh, yeah. And also a brilliant Beckham goal, which turned out to be his last match for United. Yes, that's right. He went around the entire crowd, clapping for them at the end on his own. And my dad called it, saying, this is his last game, son. 
And he was right. Remember that was United won. We won four three on aggregate. Yes, but when no, we was, we lost. We went out. I thought we won on the night, but went out and on aggregate. No, it was three all in that game. Oh, draw. Okay. Yeah, no, I do. Remember. I can't remember. Yeah, as you know, you can't remember people that you went to the game with to forget the goals that you saw. Look, John's over it. It's fine. It is John right? Who? Hmm. Um, your mum texted me. Okay, that's odd. Uh, and she also commented on the best goal scene. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Not only did you mention in the last episode that she had seen the Rooney overhead shin. Yes. But she also witnessed the Ryan Giggs goal against Arsenal in the FA Cup in the treble year. Oh, I completely forgot about that. Which clearly means I need to hang out with your mum more. Yeah, that's... Uh, I know, like, she's seen way better goals than I've seen. Let's move on to this evening. We are talking about games of football of a different kind. Inspired by the death of pro-evolution soccer, as we know it, we are now going to be taking a trip down memory lane about our favourite computer games. Players of said games, whatever emerges from the fog that is our minds. Would you like to talk about the fall of pro-evo and the rise of eFootball? How do you feel about their changing their delivery model? Look, Graham, I am 38 in a couple of months and I don't like change. I didn't like change whenever modern gaming happens when instead of buying the game putting it in and playing the game you then have to put it in download some content then you have to buy players and you said i've already bought the game what's going on so we're now moving to there's no hard copies it's a digital update each year it's just not for me Mm, so I, I am sad about it, even though the past couple of seasons, I am a, I think we both are pro Evo fans. Yep. The last few seasons has been really good for the game. It's, it's back to uh, winning ways. I, I just think I, I'm, I, I won't be I, I partaking can't. in this. I can't see I think the rebranding no, I, as. I can't see myself partaking either. I mean, I've, I've, I don't like FIFA because it feels very stodgy yes. to me, but also it's a game that can charge you between 59 to 89 pounds, depending on what edition you wish to have, but then wants you to pay through the nose for more stuff and more content and better players or better versions of a player that you've already got. It just... Oh, oh, it's of, of a pixel, of a, a digital know, pixel. And that's it. It's just like, what... what what is the point? Yeah. I don't agree with it. It does seem like gambling to me. It's um, it's it's, it's, it's a, a roundabout a, way. They're getting around we're using the words gambling. It's it's in-game purchases that but it's yeah. it, again it's, it's not for me. And look, you know, maybe uh, it's just it, we're not the market. No. And that's fine. No, that's fine. I like put the game in, play the game, enjoy playing the game. But you're right, you know, the, the price difference between standard version, what console you bad on, deluxe version with all this added. You pay could be end up in. 90 pounds for a computer game and as you said you're then adding on I don't know it's, it's, as you say it's not it's not for us we're not we're not the market we're not the target yet. market and yet because we're legacy fans yes. we're legacy gamers legacy we're legacy gamers they want the gamers of the future they want the gamers of the future they yeah. want the ones that sit in their rooms on their own with the yeah. lights off and the blinds closed yeah. and it's 12 o'clock <laughs> during the day and they're screaming at some 13 year old making them cry yes um, because they've got a 99 Ronaldo yeah. Um, or whatever. Whereas we, I, well, I'm, I'm sure you were, and I know, I, I know I was, where we gathered our friends together, we put the game on, and we drew teams out of out of lots, out of yeah. crumpled bits of paper to say, right, that's you for the tournament. Now we've set it up. 
let's play, let's drink, yep. let's have the banter, yep. let's take the piss out of the weakest player, which was usually me, but <laughs> I, I always had a very specific way of playing when I knew, yeah, I'm not beating this guy on football ability, but I can frustrate the life out of him. <laughs> yeah, but again, it, it seems to be, and it's, it's how game has went, which we'll, we'll go into the games that we're, we're going to talk about, but for me, it, it was... The games that we played with friends we went around to the house when we were younger and then we got older it was a bit of a and um, we were going out for a, a carry before we went out we, we played the game it's then went online which is don't get me wrong I've, I've played online game and it, it's, it's fine again it's not really for me because you can be quite isolated as to for me the enjoyment was the the multiplayer in the room bit of crack I just think you lose that with the the online game I mean even though you're still talking you know you can't see them it's it's just again it's not for me can you tell me your earliest memory of a football game or one of your earliest memories of a football game well jotted down a few games here the three games that are key in my gaming history my Earliest gaming memory, not football raid, was a Sega Game Gear I had, which had had Sonic. So that was way back in the early 90s. Yeah, if if you're wondering what a Game Gear is, which based on our demographics, that would be nobody. (laughs) Just true. Yeah. Um, Game Gear is essentially what... Sega's version was, of the Game Sega's Boy. It was Sega's version of the Game Boy, but it was about the size of um, the Nintendo Switch. Maybe an F4 sort but of... Cl- but very clunky. But it was in colour. It was in colour. Yeah, and had a TV tuner, so you could watch TV on it too. Uh, but it was uh, Sonic on, on the Game Gear. But if we're going down the top three games, sport games... The first one that really drew me in, I've played sport games beforehand, but really got me into liking it was International Superstar Soccer. Mm. especially this uh, on the Nintendo 64 that, oh. that edition it was up at a friend's house we both had Nintendo 64s and at the time we got the cartridge with that would <laughs> into there when you had to when you had to play. where you had to as a matter of course didn't yes it's just like this is what you do cartridge out of box <laughs> Down the cartridge, <laughs> and then, and then there was that moment where you put the switch on, thinking, I "Hope this works." <laughs> you know, you just don't get that anymore. You don't know. It's the clunk. I always loved the clunk. I had the Mega Drive, and yeah. I had, I ended up having the N sixty four as well. It's just that satisfying clunk, and then the big switch. You don't, you don't get that anymore. Yeah. It's just, um, and then what was it? I actually still have my Mega Drive up, uh, up in the attic. Brilliant. And found the power lead for it. And I thought, what the fuck is this? <laughs> is that the one that had the, the brick? It was a brick. Yeah. It was literally just what on earth? Which sometimes got hotter than the surface of the sun. Some, it really did. And it's heavier than the console itself. <laughs> so, what on earth is this? It's it's incredible. But, it really is. But with that game, that was released in 1997. My friend had uh, Nintendo 64 as well. We always used to go up to his house. And that's... Nintendo 64 was the first console you could have four players so you'd always go up and it was just the enjoyment that there was four of us playing you know, 2v2 and you just kicked lumps out of each other and with that game I think one of the the, the, the greatest sort of thing options you could do was you could design your own kit so you had you know you used to went out in fluorescent pink with like purple splashes on it and uh, again back in the day it was of its time it was then the, the precursor to the the Pro Evolution mm. series 
Uh, so that was my first game that I sort of fell in love with of the sort of sports and football sort of franchise. Yeah, I do remember playing that game. It wasn't um, wasn't one of my first football-esque games. Uh, I will say, however, one of my earliest memories of physically playing a football game with a friend was, I think it was at school or it was on the bus coming home. And he had said that we had the same console. And imagine, if you will, a friend telling you in the year 1994 that they had gotten the latest football game for the Sega Mega Drive and would bring it over at the weekend to play. What game are you thinking of when I say that? 1994? Because we're talking about USA World Cup yeah. time. So there was, there was a good few games on the market around that time. I'm stumped. You can understand the disappointment when it's not the USA 94 official World Cup game or FIFA 94. No, he arrives with Pele 2. World Tournament Soccer. Wow. Now, it only had 24 national teams, no France, no England, obvious reasons. And because they had no license, each team contained 13 fictitious players, such as Brian O'Brien of Ireland. I like this game already. And brilliantly, Goggles Pisano of Italy. Goggles? Goggles Pisano. Lovely. I mean, it's fantastic. I, I do love that. <laughs> I, I have this. I have this idea that every Italian player was called Goggles something, mm-hmm. Goggle, Goggles Penne, you know that kind of thing. It wasn't a good game. No, it really. It it just wasn't. It- if you still have a copy of this game, I want you to know that you are responsible for adding to Pele's fictitious goal scoring total, <laughs> because I, I can only assume that's why it existed. The way you describe the game. And the the lead up to the anticipation, thinking I'm going to play this great football game, and the actual what actually happened was that episode in The Simpsons with the golf game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yes, I can't. But I can't remember for the life me what it was again. Probably Ryan Whiteside will tell us in the comments. It was putting. It was putting challenge. It was. Yes, I can't remember the golfer, but it was. It was putting challenge. This is what I envisage. You like the, the box comes out and you your face dropped. I don't, I don't think it face dropped. It was like okay, cool. It wasn't what I was expecting, but we'll you know give it a shout. And both of us playing it, going, this isn't good. <laughs> this, this ain't a good game. One of my favorite football games mm-hmm. was definitely Pro Evolution Soccer Six. <sighs> Place we're talking PlayStation Two. Yeah, now, there's a- um, not exactly crossover on my list, but I'll, I'll go on to that. Yeah. Great game. Oh, brilliant game! I mean, it, it had uh, John Terry on the cover alongside demigod Adriano. Yes, because everyone knows Adriano was just ridiculously statted in that game. He, I think he had 90 shot. He had 99 accuracy, 99 shot power, 99 swerve. Mm -hmm. So you could have hit this ball from about 40 yards toward the corner flag and it would still have gone in. But apparently I didn't realize this, that most of the Inter Milan squads, a lot of their players were overpowered because the creator of Pro Evo was an Inter Milan fan. Okay. So I didn't I didn't know that until... See, I like that. That would just wouldn't happen nowadays without yeah. the levels of checks and balances as opposed to a designer thought, well, I'm making them the best team in, in the league. We've discussed it before. We, I mean, we are in our Negatron group. I think we're the last bastions of the 
Pez players. Everyone's, everyone's. Yeah, I think Ryan. I think Whiteside no, is more. He, no, I think Pez, Ryan. He, yeah, he would be more more Pez now. But, but they're, they're mostly FIFA yeah. players, I think. But for me, Pro Evo always surpassed FIFA in gameplay. For 100%, me, hundred percent. It was challenging, but it was still fun. Yes, you know that's that's the thing, and you could see the evolution of that of that series, mm-hmm. especially on the PlayStation Two, because I think the first one on the PlayStation Two was Pez Three. Yes, which was the cover star was Peluigi Colina. Yes. You had Kalina was on three, and then it was four, five, and six. Yeah, all on PlayStation, PlayStation 2. Two. Yes. And you could see it was always about, oddly enough, evolution for them. Yeah. It already nailed the feel of passing, shooting, but now is adding the little nuances of off-the-ball movement, uh, quick free kicks. Your defenders worked as a unit. Goalies were actually useful. I think the problem with Pez 6 is that every Pez after that has never really matched up to it. Yeah. Whenever you said your pick of the, the football games, why I took it and then sharp intake of breath, my second, well, the second I'm going to mention, mine is Pez 5. Because mm. think 4, 5, and 6, those were peak. And it's just what you liked mm. more. And I think on the front of the cover, I remember Henri was on one side. And I can't for the life of me remember the other player on the other side of, of that. But for me, 5, why well, I'm just throwing us in here, it's for, for everything that you mentioned why I don't don't like FIFA or well, I still I still don't like FIFA is for me a computer game is a game. It can go to simulate and try to recreate it, football. If I want that, I'll watch football. Yes. As opposed to I want to play something which is a football game. I want I want to live out the fantasy that yes. my team can beat every other fucker. 8-0 in every game regardless <laughs> of who's playing. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's what a game is meant to represent. You had the fun passing the, the, and everything that you, you wanted to, to, to look good and, and play good, but you still want that game element to it uh, and not just a, a sort no, of a, a, right. a football because, sim. Because we've both mentioned Pez 5 and 6. Little quiz. Okay. Oh no, I'm gonna embarrass little, myself. Little quiz, probably, but um, we'll we'll find out together. I'm gonna name some players, and you're going to try and tell me what the Pez equivalent of that player's name was. Okay. Okay. So, Roberto Carlos. Um, Larcos. Larcos. You're yeah. quite correct. <laughs> Neil Lennon. Lemon. Correct. <laughs> Rude Van Nistelrooy. Oh. Oh, he's, he's, he's halfway um, taking off his, um, my his hoodie. coming that's, off. That's shocking. I'm, st- I'm, I'm stuck because I remember one game, it was Orange is 11, whenever no hot Dutch players, um, was it? Uh, oh, Van Mistelrom. Rude Vom Mistelrom. That's it. Sounds like a Nazi guard, personally, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's a bizarre one. Michael Ballack. Oh... Oh, I don't know that one. That's Michael Kruger. Kruger? Okay. I know. And we've mentioned him already. Uh, Juan Sebastian Veron. Now, you only actually have to get his last name, which, if you need help, it's just an anagram of his actual name. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> Juan Sebastian they, they, Venom. They, they swapped two letters around. Uh, Veron. Voren. Revon. Revon. The best one I always think was, was it Ran Gills for Ran Giggs? Oh, yes. Um, I, I, I did like Frank DeBoer's name. What was it? 
Thank, 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 thank the mole. <laughs> and that's another thing about because we're talking about the, the Pez franchise. It was always thrown in its face. You don't have the licenses. You don't have that. That didn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. It really didn't bother me in the slightest. Too much is Merseyside made, Red. Too much is made of it. Yeah, it really is. Because even as the consoles, even even on the PlayStation Two, you have very talented people who were creating option files. So if that really bothered you, you could get an option file, yeah. stick it in, and well, everything was there. That's the thing about Pez. The developers of the game were quite happy for yeah. people to still do that, yeah. and right up to modern day, and they have stated for eFootball's future, that will still yes. be an option. That will still exist. Final player, one of your favourites, Roy Keane. Can you remember what his name was? Whenever they didn't have a Man United license, he was called something. Was it Roy? No. Nope. What was his first name? Bun? What was his first name? Law. Law? Law. Yeah. Law Kit. <laughs> it, it literally, no way would you have been able to figure out that that is Roy Keane. <laughs> Law Kit. Okay. But for me, that's a marker of a great game because even at that time, because I'm, I'm, when you're mentioning that, all those names and, and the pairs, I'm just thinking in my head the great times I had. And it didn't matter that it, it was no, the Bristol Mary Stadium, <laughs> Bristol Mary. you know, and it was Merseyside Red versus, you know, it, 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 that, that didn't bother me. It was the play because FIFA was out at that time. It had all the licenses mm-hmm. and had all the it bells did. and whistles. And it's, it didn't, it just didn't interest me. It's no, it, I, I always enjoyed the quality friend, of the, the game, the quality of the game, but it was fun when you had others in the room yeah. and you were playing a tournament, you know, winner stays on or whatever, whatever yeah. way you wanted to do it. And it was just fun. It was just, it was just a fun game. Exactly. And, and the thing is you could win a game of football with Pez in any variety of ways. You, yeah. could, you could score at a screen bag from 40 yeah. yards or as, or as I did one particular game, I think it was against Mark and he went apoplectic with rage because he had been hammering me and I just hit a long ball up the top and Henrik Larsson just headed it over the goalkeeper. <laughs> and it was just, and that was it. The game's over. It's like, you lucky fuck. It's uh. like, yes. I am. But with FIFA, it always felt like... um, It just feels very linear that there's only one way in which when you're running forward and you're passing the ball, you know know what's going to happen, I I think. It just doesn't feel right for me. It doesn't doesn't flow well for me. No. That's two for you? Well, it is. It's um, ISS 64 and Pez. So it's the same same franchise, only slightly different name. For you, it was Pez 6. Yeah, well, I'm I'm going to move on to... my second, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about a game from 1992, which to this day I would still play if I had the means to do so. And it is Sensible World of Soccer. Oh, Literally the best, most bonkers, addictive football game ever ever created yeah. in my in my opinion mm-hmm. shove your e-football shove your FIFA hyper emotional bullshit simulation <laughs> claptrap yep this game was just football fun and you didn't need a degree to remember reams of button combinations to do tricks it was basically you had one button and you moved yep there was no jockeying or three different types of tackle um the last time I played it I think ooh what was it the Xbox 360 
I think it had the Xbox 360 on the, and it was on. It came out. It was. It, was, it came out. Was it the, on the? I mean, I mean, uh, what what console was it? Was it Amstrad? I think it was a. I think it was Amiga. I'm, I'm Amiga, th- yeah. I'm thinking. Just, I'm yeah. thinking it was the Amiga. And and again, just when you mentioned, sorry for putting in. I remember I only played that a handful of times because I didn't have that console. But as soon as you said that, I remember whose friend's house that we were in playing that game. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> but the beauty of Sensible World of Soccer was it. It also had a career mode, if you remember. It had about twenty. What was it? Uh, about twenty-four thousand players. Wow. At launch and a thousand. 500 teams and you could play a career mode in which you pick your team you put yourself as a manager you play the games and you can sell players and buy players brilliant it was sort of like years ahead of it was fun to play it wasn't one of these you know especially modern football games which include a career management option and it's essentially fuck me, this is the dullest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. All of this waiting for an emotionally stunted avatar sitting on a couch flapping its digital gums at another emotionally detached avatar <laughs> about a negotiation which is as boring as hell or some media day you don't give a fuck about. Yeah. Or whatever cutscene that they just will not allow you to skip. <laughs> you can't skip these things. I don't care. I just want to buy the player, sell the player, yeah. play the game. Yes. That that's what Sensible World of Soccer did. Well, I think the best. It, it, yeah, it's it sort of somewhere along the lines, the the ethos of, of some games got lost. I don't care about cutscenes. When I'm playing a football game, that's not why I, I, I buy a game. Cutscenes for action games, immersive. I understand it's part of the story. Yeah. But, you know, something that is inane about signing a player, which is essentially signing a bit of paper. I don't need to see it. I don't, I don't need to see it. I don't, I also don't for FIFA or Pro Evo. I don't, I don't care about training. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. If I want to care about training, I'll play a game that actually does that well. Yeah. Which I will talk about later on. <laughs> Oddly enough, I think everyone knows what that will be, but it's it's just it's ridiculous. And the other thing about Sensible World of Soccer, I think it can't be understated. If you've never played it, you've never you you don't know what it's like because it's it is literally just a frantic, intense game of endless banana-shaped thunder bastards. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was essentially it. Physics be damned but, tackles. Exactly. And every save that was pulled off was worthy of Peter Schmeichel himself. And it's so... But was that fun? It was always so fun. And it's and as I say, if I was able to play it today, I would still be playing it. Yeah. But it's it's not out on any modern console. And I don't I don't know if a modern console would be able to do it justice. Yeah. You could probably find it in some emulator. Uh, but again, it's whether you're going to get the exact same quality or... It's control. That's the problem. It's an emulator. You you have to go through a whole load of rigmarole and then finding a controller, which, you know, and it's sad that kind of thing has been lost. Yeah. Um, I loved Sensible World of Soccer. There you go. I know when we put this out earlier today about this is what we're going to be talking about. Give us your opinions. Tell us what, uh, what, how you feel. I know Richie McKnight, uh, he, he just put down Sensi Soccer. Yeah. So it wasn't Sensible World of Soccer, it was Sensi Soccer, which the original is, is brilliant. And again, it had, it didn't have the licenses. It didn't have the correct players, but it was all like one one letter off yeah. the actual spelling of the name. So it's just insane. But you, but again, you don't need that. It's the, it's the quality of the game should stand over 
anything. It shouldn't be about the presentation or the shiny this. It's the actual, is the game enjoyable to play? That should be the only medium which you should measure a game and its quality. So what is your third? Third game. It was the first game of its kind that I'd ever seen that I could probably honestly say was the first game I was addicted to. Mm-hmm, I wonder what this could be. <laughs> <laughs> Addictive football games. Yeah. Mm. And it's a game which obviously when I first saw it, I had never seen this type of game before. Um, this particular game and the um, year it was was 97-98. And it's a certain game called Championship Manager. I'm I'm stunned. Oddly enough, I've got it here, you know, Championship Manager 97-98, but I, I've decided to group in the series, but well, I, I, I'll explain why. Well, I think I think that's fair because obviously knowing each other, we both know about this game. And if you like football, 99% of football fans have will played have, an iteration of, and of it. Of our age bracket, yeah. it was always Championship Manager. <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh, even though it goes by a different name now why 97 98 again it probably it's a year of firsts that i f- first really got into this again the same friend who introduced me to international superstar soccer had this and we played this so we would play iss for two hours and then go upstairs into <laughs> pc and then play <laughs> this game where you're just basically looking at data on, on a screen for another three hours but it was just, would the ISS give you the actual playing the game, the actual activity of football? Championship managers give you all the, the background stuff that you, you think, you thought, oh, this is good. You know, you can, you can pick your training, you can have your players, you yeah. can, you can, <laughs> for no reason whatsoever, find your player two weeks' wages and when you're unhappy, another two weeks' wages. Oh, I have stories about finding. Oddly enough, none of them are from me. They're all from Mark. Yeah, that- but it's, it's, but, those sort of things it was a bit like you know drawing back the curtain even though it was a computer game it was that first instance of oh I didn't know about this and then dealing with you know transfers negotiations everything about it and just the level of detail even back Mm, then was mind blowing because you're like I think where'd I start so you could spend an hour and you 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 hadn't even moved a day forward you know just looking at all the different options you know what's this you know and you're going and for someone who doesn't have major OCD but about certain things it was a nightmare because you lost <laughs> days <laughs> how far through the game are you a week I'm, you know I, it, it is it is just one of those it was brilliant. opening Pandora's box Mokes, for me thinking yeah. oh this is a different type of, of sporting game and from that that game in particular, you know about the the famous players that that, that came, but especially from that game, I remember Ibrahima, yes, yes. Bakayoko, Bakayoko, John Curtis. Oh, John Curtis was a legend in that yeah. game. Yeah, yes, and Martin Knudsen from Viking FK. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So for me, it was just a new world. I hadn't experienced anything like it before. And thankfully, I've winged myself off it. <laughs> That's all I can say because it's it, it 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 stops you from doing anything. Really, it's that it's that addictive. I well, I can't I can't deny that because I I still play Football Manager to this to this day, um, not as not as much. Yeah, now for obvious reasons, but I was still. 
No, I'd still play. As I said, I've grouped. Yeah. My first championship manager was, I think, championship manager two. Okay. Then Championship Manager 97, 98. Again, I talked about it in the previous, uh, one of the previous episodes with disappointing transfers because mm-hmm. Eric Neverland yep. existed in the game and was utterly brilliant. I believe he had, uh, I talked, I talked you through his stats where he was 18 years old in that game mm-hmm. in the Manchester United squad and he had 18 for finishing, 16 for pace, 18 for acceleration. It was like, what? what? Yeah. He should be starting regardless. Yeah. But then, you know, I think the, I I can honestly say that the importance of the game for me is because I I did have a lonely childhood and I was stressed and depressed a lot throughout, throughout my childhood. And these games gave me something to focus on. That wasn't negative. Negative. Yeah. Championship manager 0102, I'm pretty sure is responsible for me getting a 2 2 instead of a 2 1, <laughs> uh, if I'm honest. But I was, I was, again, during university, I was stressed as anything. Mm-hmm. And I was able to escape that through that game. I mean, the, you know, you start a new game and, oh, Taribo West is available on a free. And that man, for some weird reason in the game, made your defence 10 times better. <laughs> Even though... In reality. In reality, when he did actually come to the Premier League, it was this isn't really Taribo West. Yeah. Is it? The other players, I mean, Mark and I bonded over championship manager, as it was then. And Mark, oh my God, we could tell, we, we could tell each other... We, t- we did, we and we still do tell each other stories about what's going on in our respective games. But some of the stuff he came out with, I mean, to this day, if you are in Banbridge and you meet Mark Jardine or you know him, just mention the name Christian Chivu to watch that man fly off the handle with pure hatred of that man because he <laughs> signed him for Manchester United, one particular uh, iteration of the game. I think it was actually CM... 0102. And in his debut, he got sent off. He fined him two weeks wages for getting sent off. Pretty early stage. And Kivu became very unhappy and wanted to leave the club. And it was just, I hate you. I'm fining you two weeks wages for no reason because I absolutely despise you. And then he would tell me in about a week, in about a week's time, I got fired by Man United. Why all the players hated me because I kept fighting. It's like (laughs) stop fining people for no reason. That, that may be your problem. But I think that's another reason for loving the game because before that game came out, there was no other game that let you do that. If you were playing the game, you know, you would always, even though you were controlling the players, if someone missed, you would blame them mm. and you'd want to find them. Whereas now you, you went, I gotta find you, you know, but there were consequences to those the, actions. Well, that's it. There were consequences to every decision you made. Yeah. With the game becoming, I mean, the game was detailed then, but it's far more detailed now. I mean, yeah. it, it looks so much simpler, those uh, those iterations of the game, because of, of course they there was the infamous divorce between the uh, the people who made the game and the people who published the game. Yeah. So there was still a championship manager being released, but all the code and all the database yeah. became football manager. Yes. And was, of course, an infinitely better game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have mentioned on this podcast, and you know that I, I had a mental breakdown. I've had a couple of mental breakdowns the last couple of years. And the latest football manager has really has really helped, I think, about maybe three months after. Because I, I wasn't interested in anything at all. Mm-hmm. I'd stopped playing football manager. I'd stopped watching films, music, yeah. books. I was 
not into anything. And you've and you've seen me because uh, you guys tried to bring me out, and I just wasn't in me. Nucleus. I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't well when I started. Coming out of it, I, play, I I just started Football Manager and started with Wrexham for no reason. Started he with fronted Wrexham. the challenge. Yeah, I want to I want to build something, and I'm still playing that game, and I haven't gotten bored of it. I'm in 2029, 2030 season at the moment, yeah. and still arguing with my owners about giving me an under twenty three side because they. Ha- just will not give me an under 23s, which is a bit of a problem when you've got all these under 18s players not being 18 anymore <laughs> and they have to come to your first team. And it's like, you're not good enough to be here. Yeah. I can't do anything with you. Also, if you have players injured, you can't send them to the under 23s to build up their fitness. Because there isn't one. Because there isn't one. It's like you you guys really are fucking me off. <laughs> but see, even listen, talking, you know, you're talking passionately about the game. I am, yeah. That's something that isn't real. Of course it's not. But it's, it, you know... It, it focuses your attention. Yeah. It it has... It is a brilliant game. Yeah. Everyone who's ever played it will say so. I'm going to say something reason. a bit controversial. If I'm going to label something against it personally post 2000 especially and especially more recently I think it's got a little bit too much detail for me mm. but that's just me personally I, no I, I can understand that because I mean Mark and I have had discussions before so where is a happy medium for me now is the mobile version okay which is a stripped yeah. down version yeah, so still lots of detail in it yes but it gives me that fix <laughs> yeah no i think uh, that I, that i that i i crave <laughs> no I, I can i can see that because um i have to be honest i was like fuck me i i can't be asked with training but with this version of it mm-hmm. i needed something yeah. to focus on i did start actually doing the training stuff so i mean mark and i talk about mark doesn't do the training mark just lets the assistant manager do the general training and he'll focus on the player training, et cetera, et cetera. But um, we talk we talk about the game nearly every time we, we meet. And he tells me about people he knows who play the game. And you know for a fact that A, they're not playing the game right. <laughs> B, they're cheating. And C, they're not playing the game right because they're fucking cheating. Yeah. What's, what's wrong with you? Because you know, he, he, he came to me, he said to me, he sent me a text one day saying, if you played football manager for an entire day, how far do you think you'd actually get in this version of the game? And I said, an entire day, maybe a month and a half, maybe if I, if I wasn't being distracted by other things yeah. that needed my attention. Why? Because I'm talking to a guy here and then he mentioned this person's name and it was like about the same person that you've talked about before who for some weird reason in the very first season with Manchester United has Mbappe, has Haaland, has, you know, all these players. It's like, you can't do that in the first yeah. season. You're, you're cheating. But what's the point? It's like, and what's the point? Exactly. And it's like, He's gone through an entire season in a day. Yeah. It's like, no. It's like, just play it properly. <laughs> What's wrong? I mean, you, you know, should have that game taken off him. Yeah, you should. For me, there's always that connection because my mental health and my mental illness yeah. and this game because it has helped me through some pretty difficult and dark times. So that's always going to be my game. That was what I was just about to say there. It goes beyond playing it for recreational means. You can see the power in it, the fact that it's not a coping mechanism, but an assistant mm. to you, you know, getting back to yeah, I, fighting, fighting fit. I would say that. It's I mean, focusing the, your attention. Yeah. And, and that's computer games. I know I've ragged on it. We've ragged on a few of games, you know, for updates and buying more and, you know, computer games historically throughout times, you know, got ragged on for oh, promoting violence it's all rubbish it's all scapegoat, scapegoat. <laughs> you, there is 
you know, a lot of skill, dexterity with playing games and it's changed. This type of game focuses the, the mind as opposed to I need quick fingers to, to do combinations or to play it. This it's looking through, analyzing. It's nice packaged data processing. Essentially, Look, I, I remember I was Emma. She's in bed watching watching something, and I've got the laptop open, and I'm playing football manager. And this is the first she know she knew a football manager's existence yeah. before we got married, so that's fine. She knows there's this other relationship in my life. <laughs> you know, if she's watching something, I'm more than likely going to be in football manager yeah. land. But this is the first time she's actually seen it, and she's going, "What's what's what's that?" Well, this is football manager, and she's now watching me. Doing, you know, pretty mundane things, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just picking my team for the next game. It's going, it's like you're playing a spreadsheet. It's like, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's the, that's the beauty. It's the best spreadsheet you'll ever play in your life. And, uh, but it's always been like that. I know, I know a lot of people <laughs> still play Champion Manager 0102 mm-hmm. because they made it available for free to yeah. download. And I have a friend, the last time I spoke with him, name uh, is Robert Gilmore. He's a Liverpool fan. But he still... And the end of that. I know. <laughs> he still played Championship Manager 0102. He had an all-conquering hold side. And I, I, I should have texted him earlier to say, what year were you in before you either A, stopped it or whatever? But um, I downloaded Championship Manager 0102 just to remind myself of what it was. But I can't really play it because I know of all the players that... I feel you like know, it's, it's you're completing a speed run of Mario. You know, I, I, yeah, I know I just, where to go. I know where I know, it's too easy. You know, I know that... Um, Get Freddie Adu, Cherno Samba, Martin Palermo, Tonton Zola Makuku, <laughs> and everyone's favorite, Maxim uh, uh, Sigalko. <laughs> you know, those, those were the great players. I do remember one one game, and can't remember why, but I was, for some weird reason, managing Celtic. And there was a weird quirk with the Scottish League, where if you kept playing in the Champions League with Celtic or Rangers, mm-hmm. you made a shitload of money. And therefore, you could afford to buy pretty much anybody, because they kept giving you massive transfer. Really? You know, yeah. Because I remember having a having a strike force one time of Romario, Bebeto, and Martin Palermo. How many goals did you score? Oh, ridiculous. I mean... It wasn't even a challenge. I, I think I stopped after I won everything one season. It was like, yeah, there's no no point to this. But yeah, no, th- those are the fun. Those are the fun times. I know for those yeah. games. But again, it's memories as well. You know, it's just you remember where you were, or how you played mm. it, because you know it was it's a different time then. I was. 14, 13, 14. Yeah. So life's massively different then. So it's also the memories as well I have from that game, but what a franchise of games from championship manager to then football manager to still be going strong, to uh, to still to go from strength to strength. And now of course they are starting work on building the database for the, for the women's game. Okay. To add into the, add into the game. Cause I know, uh, cause I follow Miles Jacobson on Twitter. I know that he has, often said that he's been asked about that yeah. repeatedly, but now they are finally saying, yes, we're going to start the, start the hard work. I, I think it. now that there's so, so many more professional women's leagues, yeah. it's just, that's just going to make the job easier. There probably had to be a, a starting point and now we're at that, you know, that will just add to it. And you could be into a, another category of, of girl gamer into the, this yeah, you know, I, that, I think, specifically targeted market. I think it's, I think it's about time. Um, we did get another comment from 
Matty, I did. I was going to mention this and his game that he had mentioned. Now, this is a game which I haven't played. I haven't played it either. I do know someone who had it. I know what the box looks like and the logo. It's all in one. I vaguely remember it. Vaguely remember the controversy when it was released. I do remember that. But Well, I think from Matty's comment, I understand where the controversy is coming from. (laughs) I know in Matty, I'm just not surprised that he likes the big cheating bastard. <laughs> I know his his game, dear listener, is this is football on the PlayStation, yeah. where you had a dive button, mm-hmm. which he says was fantastic, as was the two footed tackle. Hashtag bring them back. It's like, uh, something tells me not being brought back. But it's funny. It's funny when I when I saw that, it reminded me of another game I I played on the PC uh, in the era of floppy disks. Yeah, it was another management game, but it was it was different to Championship Manager. It was called Ultimate Soccer Manager. I don't know if you did no, you ever play no, it or no. no. I don't know many other people. I don't know anybody actually who who played it. But it was a game where not only did you pick the tactics and pick the team, but you ran all other aspects of the club. Okay. So it's from picking advertising sponsors to stadium improvements to concession prices to yeah. do you need your car park extended? Do you need the stadium expanded? That mm-hmm. guy kind of thing. To give you a sign of how nineties this game was, you also had the temptation of being offered or offering bungs. That rings a bell. Now, I think why it rings a bell is there's a game that I downloaded from my phone and I can't for the life of me remember it. I'm trying to find it. It's similar in which you pick the team and you can do all the other parts, but some things come up in regards to bribes or mm. a shady character is offering you X, Y, Z. And sometimes you got you got away with it and sometimes you picked it, you got caught out. Another sign of how 90s the game was. You had a fax machine. <laughs> In your office, and any football information that you had to glean, you could glean it from your teletext service. So they had CFAX in the game. I'm I'm wondering if that fax machine was the one that was uh, in your lids room whenever they were trying to. (laughs) It's entirely possible. I think that's a pretty good couple of games that we've talked about. I enjoyed that. Fairly fairly thorough. I've enjoyed that. So when, you, when you look back with hindsight, we talked about the same franchise, two of the same franchises, and we had two two different games, but it goes to show you that quality rises to the top. Absolutely. But it's it's, diff- it's different reasons for why yes. we like those games as well. I, I, th- I, I really enjoyed talking about that. I'm also amazed we've managed to get this far without me infringing copyright law by humming the Mario theme, because that's been on the BBC coverage of the Olympics all over the place. Do I, you know what? Is- I was going to mention... Because I was thinking, going, what is that song? And like, boop, boop, boop. No, no, don't, oh. don't. Shush, you silly man. Unless you're going to do a vanilla ice and change one beat and get away with it. Boom, 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 you know. boom. Yeah, well, he did. You know, he managed to successfully prove he changed one tiny beat. Yeah, no, but you're right. Because I, I was, it was actually earlier on today. I was listening to that thinking, how are they? Why, why are they doing that? <laughs> It's not even higher there because I understand they could pay for the, you know, the rights. But why Mario? Well, I think it's because nothing screams Japan like a fat Italian plumber. Yeah, and then I thought that's a bit close to the bone, Japan. Japan, Japanese computer game about you know. well did not uh, I, I watched the opening ceremony and um, it was 
fairly somber, but what I did enjoy, the Parade of Nations, when they're all yeah. coming in, watching nations going, has the flag waver practiced? No, they haven't, the silly bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you may be an Olympian, but you don't know how to wave a flag. Yeah. Whereas the Irish come out, it's like, oh, here we go, fucking flag yeah, waving. No. They know how to Never do it. Gold medal. They were coming into, there was an orchestra playing a medley of the most famous computer game scores. Right, so it's Final Fantasy, Fanta- you know, the, yeah. all, all that kind of stuff. So it was pretty good. I am still disappointed by the opening ceremony because one, there was no Mario, two, no Sonic. And surely, surely the Olympic torch should have been set aflame by Godzilla. Yeah, you would have thought so. I can get over the fact there was no giant robots because it's hard to do, <laughs> but still Godzilla, guy in a rubber suit, setting fire to the Olympic torch, that that would have made it. Speaking of the Olympics, do you know how I ended the last episode with a bit of Korean, South Korean news? Yes. Did you hear about South Korea's NBC network getting into trouble and then apologizing for how they described certain nations as they were coming out in the parade of nations? No. So for example, for Haiti, when they were coming out, they had captions about the political situation is fogged by the assassination of the president. Okay. <laughs> I've not pulled any punches. No. Right. For Syria, rich underground resources, a civil war that has been going on for 10 years. The Marshall Islands were described as once being a nuclear test site for the US. Factually correct. Which factually correct. <laughs> Romania had a picture of Dracula. Okay. Italy had a picture of pizza. So very stereotypical here. And for the Ukraine... This is my favorite. Was it a Russian flag? <laughs> well, no, no. It, 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 or was I, it a question I, mark? I, I think this is fairly, I think this is actually worse. They ent- The athletes entered uh, with an image of the Chernobyl disaster. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, not, not exactly the best way to start an Olympics. No, not, not, no, definitely not. But I thought to end this, let's play a quick game in that vein. So I'm going to name... Oh, dear, we're getting in trouble here. Well... You'll get in trouble. I'm just naming clubs. <laughs> Let's start with an easy one. Arsenal. <laughs> oh, you've caught me off guard here. An inappropriate image or what's the first thing that comes to my mind? Yeah, first thing that comes to your mind. If you were pretty... A clown. A clown. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, I'm going to have to apologise to Chris Smith later. Um, I, did say, I did say I would try to level this up, but we were talking about computer games, so... Yeah. Okay. Manchester United. A red devil. Is that really inappropriate? That is literally our mascot. Yeah, but it's just the first thing that comes to my mind. All right. Paris Saint-Germain. Oil barrels. Newcastle United. Uh, <laughs> Steve Bruce in a chipper. <laughs> now, we're talking about a prize-winning author. I don't know what prize he won, but he, did, he was an author. Let's finish off with Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, that's a good one. Little Harry Kane, sad face crying. Which? Behind bars. Oh. Because he's he's a prisoner. Well, they're all prisoners. They're all prisoners of their fate. And on that note, I think that's a perfect way to end. Uh, (laughs) So the only thing left for us to do is to say thank you to our listeners for joining us once again and allowing us to um, 
pollute your ears. We appreciate your ears. We need your ears. We, we, we do. We need your comments. Yes. We need more of Matty's TikTok. Oh, no. Oh. Matty, he's busy. Sure, he's away to Love Island. That just sounds so wrong. Keep an eye on our social media. Yeah. Your comments, your inputs, just obviously make everything worthwhile. It makes our job a lot easier. And I hope it makes the podcast a more enjoyable listen. And if you aren't on it, why? What's wrong with you? Come on, seriously, just search Google Fans United Podcast. But until next week, Chris and I are off to convince the Irish government to fund our attempts to enter the Paris Olympics for softball. Yes. I think that would be great. Yes. I don't think Ireland has a softball team. Is, I think there's more than two on a team, though. We just get the Negatrons. Mm, yeah, but they're they're not a very positive bunch. Actually... This well, that, season, we're going to be the most positive ever. I don't know. That, I mean, it flies in the face of calling yes, us negatrons. We, what we stand for, you I know. know. We, we are negatrons. There's no optimist prime anymore. It hasn't been for a while. No, it's a very somber note to, to add the podcast. I blame you. I blame me also. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Search for Fans United Podcast.